You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. Howdy there, partner. How you doing up there in Wyoming? Man, it is cold and it has been dumping snow. We've had a huge storm cycle. I have moved, I would say, maybe metric tons of snow with my plow and my back. Wow. I've had to carve, I've had to carve stairs into the snow so you can get to my porch that's how much snow there is i feel like your chest has got a little more barreled that's the beer there's uh oh, that's the beer you yeah got beer in your in your in your chest yes beer goes to your chest now luckily oh. luckily for me it starts in my gut and then starts migrating up to my chest and hopefully it'll balance itself out right now the gut not looking good i was told by uh by my significant other that she didn't say it in words but she used her uh mind tricks on me to tell me that i might need to lose some weight oh i thought there was an incident with like um you guys are slow dancing she had her hands around your waist you didn't have to, you didn't have to give it y'all you didn't have to give <laughs> it the story the to the people yeah all all 12 listeners of this show now realize 12 that she uh put her hands 12 times on my, 10 12 times 10 put, put her hands on my love handles and kind of tapped him <laughs> You know, gave gave him gave him a little gave him a little tap as in like a little recognition. You know, sometimes that you give a kid that you don't really know, like a high five and a tap oh, on like the head Mike, or something. Mike Mike Dunleavy when he tapped me on the head to get me away from him. Yeah, back in yeah. Two thousand two. Yeah, she tapped me on the love handles like get rid of these. It's okay. This this will cheer you up. Massey right. just flew just flew back from Anaheim. Boy, are my wings tired. Oh God. You you get it. Uh, is that a joke from Robin Hood where it's like, don't let your arms get tired? That's a, well, it's just an old like, you know, kind of like the uh, the old vaudeville days. They'd be like, boy, are my arms tired, but it's wings tired because it's the angels of Anaheim, the angels of Anaheim. You really pivoted I, I did, there. That was a great pivot. Yeah, we're, we're talking about baseball only two days till spring training starts. Uh, Pitchers and catchers a, have reported. I went to a really boring, obnoxious uh, work conference, and I'm back, and I'm feeling refreshed now that I've had a little 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 bit of time to you know, get back into sports. Does winter even exist for you? You live in Austin, Texas. You vacation in Mexico and your work conferences are in California. In Anaheim. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Like we up here in Wyoming are oh. dealing with it. We are absolutely dealing with winter. Father You're, winter is not done mm-hmm. with us yet. They just dumped two feet, three feet on us. I'm out there plowing, moving snow, and you're in sunny California soaking up rays. I don't understand. I'm going to plow you next time I see you. You're local explaining me right now. Don't let the listeners forget that I spent 10 years up there and I have to be, make sure to, to sneak that into conversations like, Oh, I, I lived out West for a little bit for 10 years. Yeah. In the snow. Yeah. Is that a good, uh, <laughs> is that a good, you, you mentioned that in all your small talk at work. You're like, yeah, well back in uh, Wyoming, they're like, Graham, we know. You've said yeah. this every water time. We've had, yeah, water cooler talk is Graham talking mm-hmm. about Monday night football and the fact that he used to live in Wyoming. Yeah, I talk about Monday night football a lot with my coworkers, specifically Monday night football. Yeah. They're like, what, <laughs> you, what do you do on your show? I talk about Monday night football. I talk about the Manning cast. And I talk about Troy Aikman's concussions, Joe Buck's weird head and his bad beard. Well, Joe Joe Buck, has does he have a weird head? He has a, he's got an okay beard, I thought. 
he's got a he's kind of got an oddly shaped like Mr. Mackey from South Park head. You know, good that guy. Can I yeah, that? a little bit of that head. All not right. that I can talk about big heads. Mine's just not as strangely shaped. Mine's more like, hey, Arnold. Speaking of football, let's get back to it. Okay, so we should huddle up. This, we got a packed show. The NBA All Star break has happened. That means the second half. Well, second half quote. Um, the latter half of the NBA season has started. There's about 25 ish games left for most for most franchises. We have college basketball is ramping up. We're looking at bubbles. Everybody's projecting their their uh, or willing their teams in. The last four in, the last four out. I'm glad that I'm not uh, UVA is not in that conversation. Maybe after tonight. Um, oh, oh, one yeah, one game against BC, one yeah. loss at, in Boston, and we're on the bubble, huh? Wow. I'm just saying our seed's going to plummet from three to five, maybe. Um, we have the huddle and then uh, uh, pitcher, pitchers and catchers and maybe Tiger Woods. I forgot to mention Tiger Woods, but that joke was funny to me. Um, do you want to do a whole segment on pitchers and catchers? Not at all. So we're, we're going to start. We're going to start with the huddle. <laughs> the huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on. Your quote slash question of the week, and then your goat of the week trainer. Let me kick it to you. What is your good news of the week? You'll like this one. Um, right. Homer, actually, you know, aforementioned Duke, uh, Virginia alum who plays with Duke players, I almost said Duke. Trey Murphy got second place in the dunk contest. So not only can he shoot the three ball for the Pelicans, he can dunk a little. And a little. Uh, Mr. McClung became the first uh, white dude since 96, Brent Barry, to win the slam dunk contest. Little this fact there, yeah. This guy has been showing off. Where did he play? Like Texas Georgetown. A&M, Georgetown. Oh no wonder no one knows who he is. Um, so. That's yes. where Rick Pitino is going to end up. Maybe I should have saved that. Um, that's that, okay. That, that the um, I I never heard of this guy. Did he sign like a ten day contract with the Seventy Sixers just to get in the dunk contest? Mac McClung. Um, I don't know. Is he? He's on the Sixers. I didn't even look at that. He wasn't wearing any team swag, so I didn't even see where he's. I think Sixers is right. I think you got that right. The um, I'll, I think you're in agreement with here that Trey Murphy probably got robbed. Yes, his Alvarado dunk was very creative. I loved oh, it. Yeah, I I liked it too. I I thought Trey Murphy. Gosh, he's electric. I wish he would have stayed another year, but it makes sense. He's ma- going to make I a love, lot of money in the NBA. Yeah, I love play. I love using your players as props, um, which is always great. Nuggets coach Michael Malone also called the game the worst basketball game ever played the all-star game, not the dunk contest. So I like to see a coach be honest and talk about how, how dreadful these uh, all-star pro bowl, all-star, sorry, baseball, all of them are just, they're just, they're just God awful. Like at least, you know, flag football, we did manifest flag football, what happened Mm -hmm. for the pro bowl. So I'm going to start manifesting that a three on three NBA street style competition tourney uh, maybe happens for the actual game itself. Cause you could still have an all-star game MVP in a tournament form. You do like 16 teams of three play like, I don't know. What is that? You have to win four games to win. It's not that yeah, much. Play, play till what? Seven, 11. Yeah. It'd be fun. Ones and twos. I like that a lot. And you could just have, you could have both You have two games going on on the court at the same time. Just half court. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be sweet. A little mayhem. Yeah. You couldn't play three on three full court. That would be exhausting. That's true. Um, yeah, at the at this point, Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly are going to be on their seventh team this season. That's great. You know, new news there. Yeah, exciting stuff. All Star Weekend was it it ha- it came and it went, and I I 
was no none the wiser to anything that happened. I did see something where it was the least watched All Star game of all time. Yikes! I guess well, Tiger was still playing. When was the game? Tiger was still kind of playing in the Genesis. I feel like he probably took a little bit away from that. It might have been nice weather outside most of the country. What else was going on on Sunday? I don't know. What was I doing? Skiing, bro. Or plowing. You're plowing hundreds of pounds of snow. Thousands of pounds. Metric oh, tons of Metric snow. Tons. I had to snowbank so hard a couple of times that it changed the direction of the plow truck. It was ridiculous. Um, I forgot what I was doing Sunday. I went skiing, probably. I think I hiked glory. It was kind of miserable. Really windy. Hmm. Anyway, more, more. See, that's the honesty. That's the honesty Michael Malone shows when he says this, this all-star game is God awful. Some people, some people go skiing and they can never be honest. Some days are bad. <laughs> well, the, you know, I'm right. You know, yeah. I mean, the skiing was pretty toxic, good. Toxic positivity about like, Oh, okay. The, the wind was, was just blowing at like 40 miles an hour and it was 15 degrees and it was just cold. It was just like when you're walking up glory, I was getting, I had to take a couple of side steps for, for, to uh, like counterbalance from the wind. I was getting blown off the boot pack. It was, it was kind of nuts. Yeah. Did Griff go with you? Does he do that? Griff, Griff does not ski anymore. He is retired, but my other dog, Danny, she came, she is a freaking rock star. She's a monster. It was, it was so sad. It was a bad day to be a dog out in the past. She was just she is a black dog, and she was completely white just from the wind blowing the snow in her fur. It was so sad just to see her like black eyes poking out from this like white mask. I was like, "Sorry, girl, this is this is we should have we should have known." It was sunny earlier. The weather changed. We're sorry. Yeah, did she have a little thunder coat on? Yeah, no, she she's her, she didn't ball up. You know, like how those snowballs happen on on dogs' fur when you go skiing. Mm-hmm. She she for whatever reason that didn't happen to her. So. Whatever coat that she has, it she was immune to it. I mean, she's she's born of, of dragon blood. Yeah, she Daener- um, Daenerys. Yeah. Um, my good news of the week. I got a couple here. Um, UNC is on the bubble. That's just a fact. They're right now. They're in the last four out. A lot of their they have zero quad the last one four wins. Out. They're on the last. They're on the last four out. Out. And yeah. they have good. zero quad one wins. They play UVA on Saturday. Their entire tournament. Their entire tournament hopes and dreams rest on um, the game on Saturday. So that is that's great to see when you see that UNC has to beat Virginia to get in the tournament. That feels that feels good. Another silver lining is: Did you see that Boston College when they beat Virginia tonight? Tonight is Wednesday. We are time traveling a little bit. They stormed the court. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's wait a minute. Sightings. Wait a minute. You you beat UVA and you stormed the court. Is that a thing? Are we there as a program? I guess well, Boston College, what are they? They're like 12 and 15. They're probably justifying. There's a lot of over over um, zealous court stormings where it's like they'll just, they'll, they're storming the court. They're justifying that UVA won the title just four years ago. And so they're like, that means that's worth doing. Okay. Even we're number, only number six in the country. Still, I mean, Boston College winning at home against UVA is probably a big deal. I think it shows that the uh, torch passing. Is soon coming. Uh, UNC and Duke will be brown bloods, and UVA will be a blue blood. I like that a lot. Also, um, another reason this is always good news for another reason to hate Duke fans. Yep, because Duke fans are the ugliest, nerdiest losers in the world. Just facts. There's that's not besides, debatable. Besides golf galleries, yes. Um, yeah, those guys are nerds too. <laughs> this uh, so this Duke fan went on to Tinder and started talking to a Louisville player. Did you see this? Mm-mm. 
So this male Duke fan who has the ugliest, greasiest jerry curl I've ever seen, he went on to Tinder, posed as a woman, and started talking to a guy named Kamar... Kamar... Check, check, check. Kamara Lands of Louisville, who's arguably... He's a, he's a bench warmer on arguably the one of the worst Power 5 teams in America. The guy just went back and forth with him on Tinder and then printed off the back and forth and brought it to the game like he had done something. He's like, look, I catfished this person and we talked. It's ca- yeah, is catfishing still a thing? There was already a documentary about Montateo or whatever, you know, a, a battling and overcoming the, the, the hardships of being catfished. This guy's ignorant. Well, A, this guy's ignorant, and, and B, the Manti Teo <laughs> thing, the guy was supposedly in a relationship for him for three years, and then his girlfriend died, and the girlfriend was a man. I don't – that part is confusing. This guy, all he did was grab some sexy pictures off the internet, I'm assuming, pose, mm-hmm. pose as a girl, and it's n- very, very, very common for visiting teams to go on dating websites to look up casual encounters – and this guy posed as a girl, and he was proud of it. He brought it to the game. He thought, man, I got him. I got the bench warmer to talk to me on a dating profile, so I'm going to print it out on poster board and bring it with me to Cameron Indoor. This is exciting. That's some, yeah, that's some petty, uh, they call it, the, the, they call it uh, printing, bringing receipts is what they call it in the streets, where you, where you print out text message chains, Tinder, t- Tinder chats, and you make, put somebody on blast. It's not cool. I don't, I don't think any, I don't know the definition of any of those words, but I'm teaching. Oh, okay. Teaching. It's a learning moment. All right. Well, this guy's ugly and a nerd and he deserves, you know, that rule that we talked about where a fan or excuse me, a player has the ability to fight one fan per game or one team, a team has one player that's allowed to fight a fan or a media member. I forgot what our rules were, but this guy should be like, okay, you come down here. We're going to face off at center court. And this is how this is going to go. Yeah. We're beta testing both like in, in the moment a fan of player can fight a fan. And then it, when it comes to like a, a hot take, as we do in our, our new hindsight part of the huddle, where we, we uh, tone for our sins when we say things that don't actually happen and we feel bad for them. We want to uh, take accountability. A player can fight a media member who chooses not to take accountability. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. put this nerd at, at, Public enemy number one. All right, trainer, give me your critical number of the week. Minus 30, 37. 37th? 30, 37. 37. I don't know. This was the, uh, I just wanted to bring this up. I, I think it was a Florida man that he, I sent this to you. He chopped off 37 man buns in one night and then got arrested <laughs> for it. <laughs> i don't blame them man. Man buns, uh, they have their fad. They come and they go. I, I, my man bun I had it for yeah. two years. You got off right in time. And you, you just got out of, you sold your stock and it plummeted. Yeah. Man, man buns, they were starting to go. They were starting to go and I recognized yeah. it, got a haircut and was like, I'm out of here. And now, like, you know, even Ayahuasca Aaron cut his off. And I feel like the new face of sports with man buns is Joey Bosa, who's not looked good. Yeah. And now he's, he's the man bun king in Uh-oh. sports. So, yeah, let's just. I appreciate we can retire. We can retire man bonds for what five? They come back every five or seven years, right? Is that right? I thought they. Where, where did they come from in the first place? Did they come from know. the late nineties? Were they something that like in the Limp Biscuit era? I, I could see that maybe. Yeah. I thought Limp Biscuit was yeah, more so, like high and tight with tattoos and and white Oakley sunglasses. 
Oh yeah. And big like flat bill fitted Yankees hats. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That different, was different colors. Yeah. Red Yankees hats. Um, 37 man buns. What did he use in order to cut the man bun so quickly? It had to have been a sharp object. Maybe it was a pair of loppers. I'm unprepared for this. Um, when I think of this, I think of the movie The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Yeah, oh yeah. Where they use a samurai sword and the the um the 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 samurai gentleman is publicly shamed while his his uh man bun is cut off in public by a samurai sword. I don't think he used that, but I'm guessing like um yeah, garden shears. Maybe? Uh f- with a Florida man, really anything is possible. I'll look it up. The um all right, my critical number of the week. 15 seconds 15 seconds man uh the i I got nothing yeah you're about to say something that i want to say on air but i'm not going to maybe your last encounter was 15 seconds Uh, okay here we go here we go no no rebuttal no rebuttal don't even say no that's that's giving me credit giving me extra credit (laughs) that's 11 more seconds than i thought um all right that is the amount of time between uh, between when the pitcher gets the ball from the catcher to when he has to begin his delivery. Mm. The pitchers now in MLB are on a pitch clock. That being said, only 12% of pitchers take more than 15 seconds in order to deliver the ball. So I'm not sure if this pitch clock will make pitching better or or make the game more game efficient shorter. or the game yeah, but with runners on base, it's 20 seconds. So I went into the deep dive, right? I was like, okay, yeah. what other rules did they change for baseball? The bases are going from 15 inches to 18, 18 inches. Oh, there we go. Speaking of. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's that's an extra inch that they don't – inch and a half or three inches mm-hmm. shorter base running, however you do the math. It's for safety. It's for uh, leg injuries to cut down on, like, overextending your leg, hyperextending your knee trying to get to a get your little get your cleat on a on a, on a itty bitty base the two rules that i that i saw that were really going to change baseball i mean because aesthetically the pitch count is something new that you have to watch and pay attention to the bases right. are going to be bigger you're going to see that on television i like the idea that pickoff throws are restricted to two unsuccessful tries per plate appearance Per plate appearance. And what happens? A balk and a guy gets to take the next base? What was the penalty? Maybe. I'd, I'd have to assume so. I did not look at the penalty. But that really changes how base running is going to happen, right? So yeah. if you can get the pitcher to try twice and you know that you're going to get to second if he tries again, is your lead on a, on a hit and run just astronomical? Yeah, you have a little more A, that that will definitely be something that speeds the game up because that happens a lot. I don't know the percentage of pitchers that throw to first way too much. Like you said, you had the percentage of pitchers that take 15 seconds or more. Um, but I bet it's pretty high, especially left-handed pitchers. Yeah, it just seems it just seems like okay, we are now giving the advantage back to the offense in some way because they well not only did they uh, uh, not allow the shift anymore which gives hitters more of a chance it now allows the base runners to get an even bigger lead with the risk of of a trying to pick them off unsuccessfully or or b they can't throw they're not allowed to throw over there so like a hit and run in order is is gonna enhance the score and if anybody knows anything about americans we like scores I mean, we make football have six points per touchdown. If you look at a score that's twenty-one to fourteen, if they won twenty-four one to fourteen, that's 
three to two basically and without having to do fractions we've taken away every single thing a defensive player in football can even do to an offensive player especially receivers and quarterbacks we've uh made the three-point shot so popular in basketball and also taken took away hand checking and all these other penalties that defensive players can't really they can't they have to avoid at all costs i'm sure the nhl goal got bigger along the way so baseball it's time yeah it's time to start scoring again we've been the dead ball era you either strike out you hit a home run uh, that's it. And so hopefully there'll be a little more base hits and yeah, hit and runs are probably the best part of baseball is, you know, a guy on first that is able to get all the way home on a hit and run. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Baseball. I'm not going to say that I'm going to watch anymore, but I'm going to be oh. curious on the headlines that come out with all these baseball uh, purist when the purists come out and say, this is bad for the game. You might be a baseball guy, baseball guy this year, a little time, a little time in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good point. I might be watching full, full MLB games of the giants or whatever is on local, uh, what's on everyone local channels. Is that what they should? Yeah. Oh no, no. You got the Rockies. Oh, I do have the Rockies. Who Rockies. Now those LA markets make it to our television that or can't all Mariners, all the Kansas city, all the Kansas city teams make it on my television. Okay, you got, you got big, you got a big Royals slate coming up. That'll be exciting. <laughs> can't can't wait for the the three game stretch between the Royals and the Brewers. All right, give me your stuck on <laughs> of the week, trainer. So mine is uh, so the Bears have the first pick, and we, as we mm-hmm. discussed, they're considering trading uh, Justin Fields and maybe taking. I guess Bryce Young is who they think is their best guy. I don't think CJ Stroud's like on their number one on their board. My stuck on is why aren't the Cardinals? They have the number three overall pick. Why aren't they considering trading Kylie Munchkin away for like, I don't know, 60 cents on the dollar and taking CJ Stroud number three? That's a great question. Nobody wants a contract, but if they pay for the contract a little bit and they can start anew, they got a new coach now. I forget his name. It's one of the Eagles coordinators. Don't know their names. We'll learn them down the road. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's as, not the time I, of year to start learning. No, learning not new learning names. Coach, no. head coach, uh, head coach, head coach names in the NFL. But I feel like CJ Stroud's getting a lot of hate because he's an Ohio State quarterback, hmm. and this kind of ties into our Will Levis hate—not hate, but our skepticism. Um, aren't Kentucky court? Isn't Kentucky known for having bad quarterbacks? Like, why is Will Levis? Why is Ohio State getting? I don't love Ohio State, obviously, but why is CJ Stroud taking hate from Ohio State not having good NFL quarterbacks while Kentucky Will Levis is, you know, not being mentioned as a Kentucky quarterback because what have we had? Jared Lorenzen and Tim Couch? Yeah. It? Um, it's so funny. It's funny because they had the same narrative for Alabama before uh yeah. Tua broke through and Mac Jones had a couple of seasons under it. They had the same exact narrative. Oh, Alabama players can't perform at quarterback. It's like what? Wait, what? Right, right. I think they'll and, be just fine. I'm sorry that Mac Jones and Blake Sims and A.J. McCarron didn't pan out. I mean, Greg McElroy didn't pan out. Whatever. I mean, it's quarterbacks are so hard to predict in the NFL. C.J. Stroud put his immense talents on display when they played Georgia in, the, in this college football uh, playoff that I thought for instantly that he was going to rock out of the dra- draft boards. But perhaps – more than Bryce Young. Well, Bryce Young seems to have a better feel for the game. C.J. Stroud is a big dude. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is with a cannon arm and and great accuracy. I don't understand why Will Levitz is even in the conversation. 
I, I that that baffles me. Maybe the hefty lefty is the most famous UK quarterback that I can think of. But Lorenzen. What's that? Jared Lorenzen, right? Yeah. Hefty lefty. Yeah. yeah. And uh it was it's one of those things that I'm still thinking of the the Cardinals keeping Kyler Murray. I think they're stuck with that contract is what they're – no one wants that contract, and no one want, really wants Kyler Murray. I think they're handcuffed to him. The new head coach said, I think I can bring Kyler Murray back from the dead or whatever or, like, revise him from the ashes or w- revitalize mm. his career, whatever head, new head coaches have to say. But it wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals somehow say, you know what, let's just take C.J. Stroud behind Kyler Murray and then – bench our unhappy irritable quarterback yeah yeah that's that's kind of what i was saying like you know 60 cents on the dollar pay for his contract send him away start a new get the guy you want in the draft i mean i don't know who they've hired as their offensive coordinator now but i mean the eagles guy is a defensive coordinator so i don't know if he's going to be able to be the qb whisperer for Kyle i hate Murray. that term i hate the term QB. oh i'm sorry, I'm sorry. matt matt nagy was the qb whisperer he, yeah, he was a QB whisperer for and he had what, Justin um, Fields, Justin. Oh yeah, and before him, uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. Yeah, um, and I had forgotten Will Levis. He was basically a Penn State guy. He's a transfer, mm. and he was like he had a Taysom Hill type quarterback skill set at for the Nittany Lions. You mean so, overthrow his receiver by five yards? Yeah, and just kind of run like barrel. You know, did his little like barrel barreling around like running the linebackers back yeah, yeah yeah well i mean gadget well, guy i it's it's so predictable that every single year scouts will fall in love with a quarterback who is tall big hands and with a rocket arm i mean look at anthony um anthony richardson from florida he has done absolutely nothing and he is rocketing up draft boards because he looks great throwing the ball in shorts and he's got yeah. an absolute cannon so there's there's it happens every single year. Of course, I mean we're sitting here now. Will Levitt's probably going to win a Super Bowl in five years, for all we know. But it just seems like the same narrative over and over again. In fact, the success story of that is Jared Allen. When he was coming out of Wyoming, people thought, "Oh man, he looks good throwing the ball in shorts." Everyone's like, "Jared Allen, Josh Allen, excuse me, Jared Allen played you defensive end." Jared Allen's the, an ex. There you go. There Played you go. defensive end for it. the Vikings. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was dumb. And the Chiefs. Josh Allen is the success story coming out of Wyoming. But you, you follow me here, where they fell yeah. in love with the big guy with a rocket arm with huge hands. Right. So, Will Levitz, you're you have a lot to lot to live up to if we're going to start comparing you to Josh Allen. All right, my uh, my stuck on a little dark, but we got to go there. Yeah. Brandon Miller. Of the Alabama Crimson Tide, the number one player to come out of college basketball the year. Many project him to be a number one, number two pick, definitely a lottery pick. Is somehow in the same, not somehow, I know how, but was at the scene of a crime. The gun was in his car, wasn't his gun. And he's only considered a cooperative witness in a murder investigation. Now that has got to be disruptive for a team that is favored to win the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and it's currently number two in the country behind Houston. Yes, been playing great. Nate Oates, the coach, and yeah, the, the athletic director. Director, I don't know how you navigate this one uh, in late February, going into March. Uh, wow, this is a big, big story. 
it's got you know th- what is it three three people involved in the murder of a woman mm-hmm. did it happened in tuscaloosa it did it happened on uh, near campus yeah um so this is what another this another is another sad story like michigan states you know just another michigan one of these. state yeah yeah i mean can we I, I we would be neglectful not to mention michigan state and that tragedy that happened up there coming from an alma mater where we this fall suffered yeah. gun violence at our school in fact when i was there with uh my brother it it we we drove past the scene of the crime and parked in the parking lot that they parked in and it's just so weird to be at a scene of a crime and and look at it and be like wow something terrible has happened here and it's it's hard so michigan state our our um heartfelt condolences to you the the brandon miller story is another gun violence story that Nate Oates it's been it's been false not falsely reported but the narrative's been manipulated by the media a lot so apparent uh, this is this is the version of events uh that came out in court today that Brandon Miller the number one uh rated college basketball player uh drove his buddy uh he's a former Alabama player by the name of Miles and Miles, I'm using last names here. Miles and his buddy Davis were at a nightclub, and Miller dropped him off in his car with his car, excuse me. Drove, I think he got a bite to eat to somewhere. And Miles and Davis get in an altercation with someone, or some words were spoken, and someone got pissed. So Miles said, Hey, come get me. And Miller was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll be over there in a minute. And Miles like, no, 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 come get me. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. I'll, I'll be over there in a bit. I think Miller finishes meal, goes to pick up Miles, and Miles on it as Miller's driving over there says, hey, come bring me my gun. In so many words, mm. and Miller is unaware. Gets the text message and it's like, whatever, dude. I'm already on my way. I'm going to come pick you up. Miller did not know that on the ride to the club that he gave to Miles, Miles had put his legal handgun in the car. And so when Miller showed up, Miles retrieves the gun, gives it to his buddy Davis, and as Davis pulls the trigger and kills a woman. Mm. And it is the he and so Miller once shots started getting fired. There's video evidence of him never leaving the car, never really discussing with Mills, not having any conversation, and he just bolts from the scene because shots are fired. And he's been a cooperative witness, but it is. The reason I'm stuck on it is because it's an absolute mess. It is an absolute mess in Tuscaloosa for probably what is to be a promising career for Brandon Miller, and he got mixed up in horrific violence, and it's just tough, tough to know what to do. You know, as and like you said, Nate Oates navigating this is like, what do, you, how am I supposed to do this? I'm in the, I have enough pressure as it is being the number two team in the country throw this on top of it, it's got to be an absolute pressure cooker in Tuscaloosa, Alabama this week. Yeah, of course. And I mean, like, obviously, uh, we would say, like, the most important part is the death of the girl. And from the sports side, it's like, I'm sure, you know, you feel for the rest of that team, not knowing what to do with, you know, with what happened with their teammates. They were not involved. The rest of the team was not involved. So how do you, how do you, how do you move on from here? Yeah, we are taking it strictly from the sports side. We are a sports yes, podcast, right. so that that is our angle. Of course, the victim in this situation is the most is the most important person and the victim's family to say that. Yeah, interesting story. Keep it keep it in front of you. 
Let's get back to the lighthearted portion of this of the of our show. And can I ask you another stuck on? A question? Not a, for me. Uh, let me let me just bring up the topic stuck on. What yes. are, what are the Ravens doing with Lamar Jackson? Not that. Look, did, did you like that transition as clunky as it was? Let's just transition. Yeah. We'll we'll transition here, right here. Lamar a Jackson. Crime. This is a sports crime that is uh, they're not paying him. Yeah. What are they doing? They're going to franchise him, right? Franchise him, franchise tag him, which is for forty six million. He he wants the Deshaun Watson contract. Another terrible human being. Um, he wants the big time check. He wants three. You know, uh, excuse me, nine figures guaranteed. He wants the big money deal, and the Ravens and Lamar can't seem to get on the same page. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely getting going to get uglier. Uh, it's going to turn into, will he accept the franchise tag? If he doesn't, he can sit out 2023. If they, if they can, can they hold him hostage? Or, I mean, do you think it's just going to turn into a trade me, trade me. And he gets to go to the Falcons or the Raiders, or the Jets or whoever. Cause this uh, is Saints, his fifth whoever, year. Yeah. This is his fifth year, right? On his contract, on his rookie contract. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. He had a five-year rookie contract. Don't start. they have four? Don't you have four years with a fifth option? Four and an option. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I and thought it was a little shorter than that. But that's not yeah, and, and Lamar's won an uh, an MVP, has two seasons over a thousand yards rushing. He's put his body on the line for this franchise. He's been dinged up. I think he's missed five games each of the last two seasons. There's there seems to be a disconnect with Baltimore, and Baltimore is not they're not the commanders. They're not the Colts. They're not right. the Cardinals. They are one viewed as one of the more stable franchises in the NFL, and they just can't seem to get it right. Are we looking at it? Is this going to be a hindsight thing where the Baltimore said, no, 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 no. We're going to pay this man. We're just going to do it our way. And we're going to be sitting here being like, oh, they had the whole thing the whole time. Or is Baltimore fumbling their their decision like with Morgan Cox? They didn't think the guy could keep performing and they're going to underpay him. And we're going to all be scratching our heads and say, what a bunch of idiots. You're the guys that traded Lamar Jackson. I feel like they're going to, yeah, I feel like they're going to stand their ground. Unfortunately, they're going to hold out. They're going to try to franchise, franchise tag him. And Lamar's probably not going to be on the Ravens. I mean, it's not going well. They're obviously putting a lot of stock in the fact that he hasn't been able to finish the last two seasons, like the, the second or the, the final third of each season. So he's getting hurt during times when uh, they really you know need him the most. They go into the playoffs last year without him being able to play. The year before, I can't remember if they missed the playoffs completely or that he also was banged up going into the playoffs. But obviously, he started out his career great. They just fired um, their offensive coordinator. So I would think that they put a lot of stock in the fact that the offensive coordinator was not doing a good job. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like they should. It, yeah, it blows my mind if they want to, like, let a guy like him walk or, or demand a trade out of there. Now, the um, they did hire – uh, George's offensive coordinator away from that championship team, which That's right. That's makes right. me very happy. I could use a little less <laughs> Georgia in my life. Um, so yeah, Lamar Jackson is the biggest free agency, not free agent, yeah, free agency of of this this round of of negotiation talks by far. Yeah, talent, talent, and age wise, he's the most he's the most coveted guy because you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Derek Carr, and you got a couple other guys like. Daniel Jones, who may have kind of a, there may be kind of a uh, big gap between what he wants and what the Giants want to give him, Garoppolo. But I mean, Lamar is definitely the number one with the bullet when it comes to like being being a guy who's young, 
recently won an MVP, has a lot of uh, good time, good, a lot of good play ahead of him. And he's like kind of the, I mean, he's the face of the team. He's been the face of the team. They changed their whole uh, dynamic around him after Joe Flacco finally like turned into a pumpkin at the end of his career with the Ravens. Todd Munkin from Georgia is now their now their offensive coordinator in Baltimore. You have to think that Todd Munkin is is probably accepted the job, thinking that Baltimore was like, yeah, we'll sign Lamar Jackson. He's like, no, no, please, I can't walk into this new position with Hunter Henley taking snaps. That's not yeah, exactly. that's not what I'm here to do. You told me Lamar <laughs> Jackson was going to be in the building, and now I'm stuck with this guy, serviceable backup, not a starter. All right, trainer, but but, but they're probably like, hey, Munkin. You won with Stetson Bennett. We can look at you, Sam Darnold. Look at Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, what, same thing. You'd what are you fine. complaining about? Look mm-hmm. at Stetson. All right, give me yeah. your quote slash question of the week, Trainer. Mine's uh, so I, this is kind of an older one, but it's um, it's relative to today. Um, a few years ago, uh, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin was asked whether or not he'd ever let a safety call plays in the huddle for the defensive side. And he said, no, nobody wants to take instructions from a little man in the huddle. Um, I take that to heart. I love Mike Tomlin. Hurts my feelings, but I don't play in the NFL. Never really had a shot at it. Um, My follow-up question is, should Bryce Young, from this point on, wear like rock star uh, heeled boots or wear high heels? Because he's getting hated on for his height. And to get that draft stock back up and make him the number one overall quarterback taken, it's got to start looking a little taller. He does. He really does. Mm-hmm. He probably also, what are those exercises that people that QB prospects do to their hands to make their hands bigger? They got like a little stretch rack, like you saw Mel Gibson in the, in the uh, Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just stretch their hands. So they're a little bigger. He's probably doing all that. I mean, you just got to look, look at Bryce Young play the game and watch the tape. I mean, we were on Lamar Jackson early. I can't, I can't predict Bryce Young's future, but it, especially if he goes to like the Colts or the Texans or somewhere horrible. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you're going to have to adjust your system around Bryce Young and what he does well. He navigates the pocket well. He he's pretty good scrambler. You just got to protect that guy because he's not very big. Or you have to get quick throws like they did for Drew Brees in the latter part of his career. You got to get the ball out of his hands fast in the NFL. And I don't want him to turn into like a Tua type situation where his health comes in question. Although yeah. he's been he's been healthier than Tua, although he did miss some time this year. Tua's everyone's forgotten that Tua completely dislocated his hip. Yeah, did Tua, did Tua have Tua didn't have any head injuries in college? Did he? He only had like leg and uh, had, arm stuff. Yeah, he had all I remember is high ankle sprain and him completely dislocating his hip, which was a horrible. Yeah, don't he had, don't he had watch that. Don't watch that video. High ankle sprain, which Patrick Mahomes proved that it actually does not exist. Yeah, stop being wussies out there. Um, yeah, I guess Bryce Young, is he – I mean, is he – when you when you think – is he, like, kind of built like uh, Devonta Smith, but is he somewhere between Devonta Smith and uh, Lamar Jackson build? I mean, how – How little is he? Yeah, how little is he in your opinion? I think he's pretty small. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. pro- he's probably listed at six feet or maybe six one. No, I bet you he's listed at six three and he's actually six feet tall. He's listed six three. Bryce Young. I don't know. Probably in your program. I mean, yeah, in the program. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think obviously, like he should be taken. He and CJ Stroud one A one B. Hopefully, Will Levis does not get taken over Bryce Young because of the height situation going into the draft. 
but we'll see. We'll see how things change in the next five weeks. I love it. I, I, the draft stuff has gotten more and more fascinating as, as I've gotten older. All right. My quote of the week comes from Coach K. He, yeah, he was shooting an interview. He's alive? Yeah, very much alive. Still, His hair is still dyed, and we'll get into haircuts here in a second. He was being interviewed uh, about his his life, uh, or he was interviewed about his life after coaching. He was doing – the interviewer was Brandon Marks from The Athletic. He was filming a TV commercial. Brandon Marks got access to him, asked about how his, how his life was going, and Coach K said, you know what? I'm able to live in the now. I don't have to worry about future problems. If I get frustrated, I'm able to back away from it. And he goes on to say, um, he doesn't have to worry about that next recruiting call or this or that. And in his words, he says, I don't have to worry about the next recruiting call or how we're going to defend Beekman or yada, yada, yada. Now, I want to stress on how are we going to defend Beekman. Now, Reese Beekman plays point guard for the University of Virginia. He hit the yeah, game but, winner at in Cameron Indoor the last time Virginia played Duke at Cameron Indoor with Coach K at the helm. Are we living rent-free in Coach K's head for eternity? Sounds like it. Was he at the game that we just won uh, at home? Did he go to the UVA game? No, Did he was not sideline? there. No. He didn't show his okay. coward rat face on the sidelines. He would never do mm. that. He only mm. goes to Cameron Indoor where they post catfishing text message threads on billboards and try to – yeah, he's he's super jelly. He's like he's like uh, Tony Bennett's handsome. He's letting himself kind of go uh, salt and pepper naturally. Mm. Doesn't have to dye his hair. People still love him. Um, he wants to be he wants to be Tony Bennett, and he's yeah, hundred percent rent free in Coach K's head right now. I I will never miss an opportunity to take a shot at Coach K. No, neither of us will. All right, give me your goat of the week, trainer. So mine is uh, this is kind of a you know goat lowercase goat. Um, I do, I do love the man. And I think it's great this week that he was back at the, at the Genesis invitational, uh, tiger, tiger woods, my go to the week. Yeah. He did two, two things in golf that I've never done. The first one I watched on a highlight in the hotel room, he put, he was on the green and he was putting. It was a very difficult putt to make. Um, he put from being on the green to off the green and it rolled into a sand trap. I've never done that. That is All right. Tiger Woods is this, doing that. Is, is this like the people like the the tabloids were like they're like us they go for groceries yes yes it was (laughs) all right they're they're worse than us that's that's that was the good part of it the second thing i've never done is handed somebody else to my group a tampon to throw shade and say haha you stink you can't hit the ball far enough so i thought that was a i thought that was a funny (laughs) joke i thought that was a good joke i love it i'm saying goat is this is a this is a lighthearted. this isn't james harden or Kyrie. this is i love you tiger and I'm glad you're in the news for these reasons. This isn't like I'm not mad at him, and I think it's getting overblown. There are. Can we just look at Tiger Woods' resume and and point to the fact that maybe a joke between two friends that wasn't public. He didn't go to Twitter. He didn't stand on a podium and reiterate his joke. No, no it no, was no. a uh, somebody taking pictures, zoomed in as far as possible, and found what he was handing off to. Forgot who it was. Another somebody he was playing with. And. Also, the fact that he had that in his golf bag ready to go was really funny. Yes. Um, yeah, props. Prop jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just kind of guys being dudes. And and look at the resume of, of Tiger Woods. Take a look at that, and and let's just rank the amount of sins that Tiger Woods has created, <laughs> has done. And I don't even know if that would crack the top 10, let, no, maybe, no, maybe no, no. the top 25, but give no. me a break. 
Uh, people, all, it, people that yeah. got insulted by that, I didn't really know that that cancel culture was was still going on. I thought that was kind of a COVID era thing. No, it's still very, very live and well. Yeah, now that we're on Twitter at Teton Sports Talk, I'm kind of seeing it more and more. But damn, like let let some guys be some dudes, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is almost my stuck on. It's like, when was the last good comedy movie? Nobody can touch comedy anymore because you're going to get canceled for doing anything. That's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Tiger Woods, it's a good joke. It was yeah. a good joke. So was that putt, and that I was just I love that. I'm going to try to do that now. I need to I need to get on his level. And then, the, you just say track. gimme. You just pick up. You're like that's a gimme. Mm-hmm. All right, my go to the week haircuts. Oh, man buns. No, <laughs> what about Coach it? K? Coach K with a man bun. What do you think? Terrible. The fact the fact he's that he's having a crisis. He's having a crisis. You never know. We've been talking a lot about hair this <laughs> this episode. Mark Davis. We mentioned on an, a previous oh, episode God. the famous PF Chang's enthusiast and owner of the now Las Vegas Raider, Raiders. He shaved his head. He had a bowl cut, an absolute mm. famous, world-famous bowl cut, and he shaved his head, and now he looks like a normal human being instead of a cartoon character. And that makes me kind of angry. Normal human being? Of someone <laughs> of his age and eating slash drinking habits, he looks fairly normal. Better than a, yeah, a, a man with black dye in his hair. I agree. So I read an article that, and from 2017, uh, Business Insider, the reputable pe- reputable people at Business Insider, are doing reporting on how Mark Davis loves his barbers. Mark Davis would drive 400 miles from Oakland, California, to Palm Springs, California, which is 492 miles one direction, to get his famous bowl cut haircut from the same guy. He liked his barber. He kept him close. He would drive down there and get a haircut from this one guy. I think you glitched. I think I think trainers glitched. No, no, no. His, I'm, his I'm, saying, I'm so I'm soliciting. No, I'm like I, you said. Drive. I can't believe he's not flying in his jet to do this. Yeah, that's what I mean. I would I would only assume that he probably or getting the haircut in the jet yeah. from his bowl cut uh, uh, guru. You know how athletes have the same Stylist. like a uh, physical therapist and like trainers. <laughs> you think that Mark yeah. Davis, if he loved his haircut that much, would keep his barber and retainer. Now, not to be outdone, Mark Davis kind of looks he looks better without his hair, arguably. Sure. Did you see Dom Capers get introduced by the Carolina Panthers at his presser? No, what was his haircut? Bowl? Dom Capers. Let me do a little backstory here. He was the first yeah. ever head coach for the Carolina Panthers as an expansion team. He's been a longtime mm-hmm. defensive coordinator in the league. He's been he's had so many stops. He is 72 years old, and his hair looked like it was shoe polish black in his presser. Oh, he's got the Coach K. Well, not only is the Coach K, I actually thought of Carlos Boozer from 2012 when he when he played for the Bulls. And mm-hmm. it, and he was losing his hair, and his buddy was like, "Yeah, let me do a little something that'll like keep your keep your hairline back on." And it was just like black spray paint, like Carlos Boozer's thing, like <laughs> has famously told the story about, like, "Yeah, I trusted one of my buddies to mess with my hair, never, never again." And he finally embraced the bald look, and he looked like he had a a, a Lego toupee on his helm, the ones that yeah. you like snap on. I just think Don Capers was like, "You know what? I'm back in Charlotte." This is where it all began. I'm feeling good about myself. Kind of like a washed up person like me going back to the town they went to college in and started hanging out with fraternity dudes. Don Capers like, yeah. I'm back in Charlotte. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look 10 years younger, just spray paint my hair black. Love it. I see there's a there's a connection here. 
uh, Coach K, Dom Capers, the state of Carolina, black hair dye? There is a something afoot. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to go in and get the Carolina, get my hair black dyed. I, I need it. <laughs> get grayer by the day. By, by, by the day in my, in my case as well. All right, we do not have much time here. Do you want to go into our clair, clairvoyance? Yeah, I'm going to sit on uh, Derek Carr for, to the Saints to keep manifesting for one more week, so I don't have much to say. I'm going to stand pat here. Stand pat. Stand pat with Derek Carr. Um, I, I have try make, something. Try to make it happen. I have something on the Saints. All right. Um, okay. I think the Saints are going to cut Andy Dalton slash let him go. Ravens. And they're going to come up empty-handed in free agency and test their skills in the draft. To add to add insult to injury, okay. either the Bucks or the Falcons will have a splashy land. Like Derek Bucks Carr will land on the Bucks or the Falcons or Lamar is yeah most the all signs point to Lamar not being a Raven he's a, he's the Falcon that's the one thing I've heard too yeah just just somehow the Saints get worse over this free agency period because a oh. a big at least a stable Jimmy Garoppolo goes to the Bucks yeah well do the do the does the uh, Saints messy cap situation does that affect Derek Carr going there I know David Carr his brother said it's going to be a long um, recruiting slash he's going to get wined and dined. Derek Carr is for a yeah, while I, before he's going to make a move. So I'm probably going to be wrong and staying with my Derek Carr prediction this week, but I'm going to stick with it. Um, he's, yeah, I, he's flirted. Bucks, he's now, he's now flirted with the saints. He's flirted with the jets. Jets said they can make him into a hall of fame quarterback, right? The jets are no, notoriously overpay players for make. I was gonna say the jets are notorious for making uh, quarterbacks hall of fame level yes yeah no yeah just over Joe overpaying. 1960s yeah greg mcroy uh geno smith sure uh, yeah. zach wilson yeah. <laughs> mike mike white mark, mark butt fumble mark sanchez. sanchez just a history of it although the jets are poised to to be pretty good, good. in the afc yeah. next offensive year. and defensive uh rookies of the year oh impressive. I yeah it is impressive so that that is my clairvoyance besides the fact that zion is probably going to miss the rest of the season Ugh. the pelicans come on guys saints pelicans not now not now okay i think yesterday was zion's uh blown out shoe anniversary i saw a bunch of bunch of highlights from that well <laughs> what if how big and powerful do you have to be to blow out your shoe i've never blown out a shoe in my life no, I never, I never tried that hard. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> What's your clairvoyance? That was it. Derek Carr. I'm going to stick with oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. What, uh, what, what other things do we have as we wrap up the show here? Oh, hindsight is, hindsight is 420, bro. Instead of hindsight is 2020. All right. Give me um, yours. Yeah. So I'm looking at this Eric Benamy situation and we campaigned for him to get a job. I think it's kind of one of those things where I didn't really realize that Andy Reid had full control over offensive play calling yeah and it seems like he's LaShawn McCoy take it with a grain of salt is saying that Eric Benamy had no responsibilities whatsoever when it comes to being a uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator so he took the job for the commanders to show that he can do it somewhere else before obviously looking if he does convert and do well for the commanders with whoever they have next year at quarterback that he will, in fact, get a job in the long run because he's been that name that gets mentioned every single year. Um, 
Maybe he's bad at I'm, interviews. Is he bad at interviews? I think he is. I think he is. I think he's a bad interview. That's kind of what it, that's that what, what it all comes down to. Yeah, that that's that's probably something worth noting that we I I thought the enemy was the mastermind behind Mahomes. As it turns out, it it wasn't all Andy Reid, but Andy Reid got to do play calls, and that that's something that you kind of froth of the mouth to do, especially as an offensive corner, and especially with the the tools that he had at Kansas City and all the athletes and and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, let's. I'll I'll eat crow on that as well. I, I hope he does well with Washington. I would Me hate too. for him. Me too. Well, not I would really. Hate for him to like the Commanders. Yeah, good point. I would hate <laughs> for him to like go to Washington and just who's his quarterback? Sam Howell. Sam Howell and Heineke? I think Heineke's gone. I think I think Heineke's a free agent. Wentz they got to just move on from. So it's Sam Howell for the moment. But they have they have options like Derek Carr is on their list too. Derek Carr's on everybody's list. I would hate I would hate for him to turn out like Byron Leftwich, right? Where yes. you're you're the next big thing and and you get a bad year and no one talks about you and right. you don't get that opportunity. Okay, sports fans, that is all the time we have for you here on Teton Sports Talk. Follow us at Teton Sports Talk on Twitter, on Instagram, and I think that's I think that's it with our socials. Uh, download us wherever podcasts are available. All right, guys, that's it, and that's all. <laughs>